St. Joseph Radio presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world. Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Hello and welcome to uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents. And we are coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. My name is Ray Gerard and I have the privilege of uh, being your host today, and I say privilege because with me is uh, is a very special guest, Rich Chrismer, and I met Rich uh, first time a couple of years ago when he happened to win the award for being the Catholic Man of the Year here in St. Louis, uh, a title which I think he richly, can I say richly, Rich? Uh, a absolutely. Title, a t- a title, Rich, he uh, richly deserved, he had quite an impressive uh, background, among other things, with regard to pro-life activities. And I think you were arrested, were you not rich, something like 80 times? A little more than that, but yeah, that's close. close. I I undercut it a little bit. But but Rich is here today to help us talk about, uh, since we're on the eve of July 4th, God, country, and our Catholic faith. And, you know, how these two go together. You know, how is it? Can you be a good patriotic American and, and be a good faithful Catholic? And so Rich is here, and, and he's got some some particular qualifications to be speaking to us about that. Uh, because, for example, for one thing, you served on the Missouri legislature for eight years, did you not, Rich? That's correct, yes. And you were director of elections for St. Charles County for 16 years. That's right. You're a, a veteran. You served in Vietnam. Three tours, yes. Three tours in Vietnam. And uh, have been a faithful Catholic all your life, as I say, you know, he was recognized recently as the Catholic Man of the Year, uh, active with the Knights of Columbus, active with uh, Catholic Men for Christ, active in a lot of Catholic uh, things. So, uh, and, and you, and I, I'll say this personally as, as my own opinion, you're a guy who just simply lives your faith. So that's what we're here for today. We've got Rich, and I'm glad we do. So Rich, Rich uh, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Ray. I appreciate it. So when we talk about... Um, you know, being a Catholic and being a patriotic American, I don't know, what what, uh, what comes to mind? Do you fit those two together? Do you feel like you can fit those two together? There is no separation between being a Catholic and being a patriot to your country. Uh, it was very well said by Irving Berlin when he wrote the song, God Bless America, uh, because God did bless this country. And all you have to do is look at the 200 and some odd years that we have been 
uh, this country's existence. You can see how God has blessed us in so many ways. We are one of the few countries in the world, I think Australia is probably the only other one, that when they go to war in another country, they never seek to conquer. They always seek to help the people and the country uh, become better, hopefully become more like our, our country, uh, but uh, we've, never, we've never gone to conquer. Now, the one, that, the one thing that we want to do is, uh, as Catholics, as Christians, anyone, because God wants us to, he wants us to conquer heaven. And so if we look at our country, look, what amazing when you read about the Declaration of Independence, because we are talking about Independence Day today, July 3rd, and tomorrow is Independence Day. Some people call it July 4th. We veterans call it Independence Day. But uh, there were 34 signatures to the Declaration of Independence, yet all but two either died by hanging or torture or destitution or, or lost their families. These men literally gave all, just like our veterans when they go off to war uh, to serve our country. Uh, they offer themselves up. Uh, many of my friends offer themselves up and did not come home except in a body bag. But uh, there's been so much given to our country uh, by our service to our country. But there's an old saying, it was from the First World War, there are no atheists in a foxhole. <laughs> Just like there are no atheists after 9-11. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, when I was a kid growing up, um, you'd go into, I'd go into my local or our parish church, and there were the two flags always in the church right there at both sides of the altar. You know, one was the yellow and white Vatican flag. Right. And then you had the red, white, and blue American flag. And they were both there in church. And you, know, I just, you just kind of grew up with that. And they just they, they went together. There is no separation of church and state. It's not in the Declaration of Independence. It's no constitutional amendment. Uh, it's not in the Bill of Rights. It's nowhere in our vernacular that is our Constitution and uh, our uh, writings. It was actually added uh, purely by, a, there was a speech given at a Protestant church, and one of our founding fathers, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson, it may have been Madison, who said that uh, we should not have uh, uh, separation of church and state. They are together. But someone picked up that phrase, and we've been using it. Uh, uh, the atheists in this country or people who do not have a love for this country have been using a separation of church and state forever. If we ever separate ourselves from God, uh, we cannot make it. Uh, George Washington, uh, I'm sorry, Abraham Lincoln is the one who said it, at Gettysburg, one of the generals uh, right before the uh, battle said, uh, I hope that God's on our side. And Lincoln retorted, he said, I hope we're on God's side. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, you bring up that, that phrase, that, that wall of separation between church and state, and it's ironic. People don't perhaps realize this, but it, it emanated from, or well, in, our, in, our, in a legal context, it really emanated from a case back in 1947. And uh, my, you know, my profession, my, my training is, is in the law. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me, and it's always, always seemed ironic to me that it originated 
in, in the modern use and usage of it originated with this case back in 1947. It was Everson versus uh, Board of Education, and it involved a um, a guy, a taxpayer, who didn't like other uh, didn't like Catholics getting reimbursed uh, for their for their kids being being bused to a to a, to a Catholic school. Well, what happened was they would use tech. To, if you save the taxpayer the money of school busing because you helped pay for your own, you know, busing, private bus company, et cetera, um, and you, you help pay for that, well, you could get reimbursed for that. And this fellow, Everson, felt, well, you know, that's not fair because there should be this, I mean, we shouldn't be paying for people who, we shouldn't be reimbursing people who pay to have their kids bus to a private school. Well, the ironic thing is the Supreme Court found that was okay. You know, it, they, the Supreme Court actually said that, you know, the state in our country cannot foster a religion. We can't promote a religion. But we shouldn't be discriminated against religious people either. And so they found it was okay. And yet, in a case that, that decided in favor of that sort of thing, We've got this new idea that's just come forward ever since, where now we've got this wall of separation, a, a case that really didn't follow this idea of a wall of church in between church and state. Nevertheless, we have this idea that that's the case. Well, it's, it's, uh, I like to ask, I, I, when I was an election director, I would go around to colleges uh, around the St. Louis area and give uh, talks on, on, uh, on uh, elections and so on and so forth. And I always bring up uh, the First Amendment to the Constitution. And they say in the First Amendment, if you look in Webster, it says freedom of speech. No, no. Our founding fathers did not say freedom of speech is in the First Amendment. They said it is part of the First Amendment. But the First Amendment starts out with there shall be no practice, there shall be no establishment of religion, although to prohibit not to prohibit the exercise thereof. Exercise. So they're saying we should freely exercise our religion. Now you're talking about the situation where uh, the school was paying for the school buses. Well, my argument, if I were a lawyer back then, and I'm not a lawyer now, I don't practice law, although I am going to law school now. Are you uh, really? Yeah, I just I decided I'm 75 years old. I might as well. I've always wanted to go to law school, so I've already started. I'm in good law you. right now. Good for you. But. Uh, <clears throat> The uh, the argument that uh, well we shouldn't be paying school the school buses to send these kids to Catholic schools and should we Catholics be paying uh, public school taxes if we don't send our children to uh, uh, public schools and we send them to Catholic schools you know so you can use it an argument one way or another and it 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 always comes back to what is really right and the men. And they, they were men back then because women didn't have all the rights that men did back in the, our founding fathers. Uh, were so deeply religious. Matter of fact, of the 34, the vast majority of those the signatures of the Declaration of Independence were deacons of the churches. So it was a very really? re religion was a very very important uh, part of our uh, of our founding fathers' beliefs. And so uh, we Catholics have such a strong faith, or if we don't, we should, to believe how great our country is and how blessed we are that God has given us the opportunity to be, uh, to be not only Catholic, 
small c, patriots, big P, but specifically Catholics with a big C. We need to practice our religion. If we practice our religion, it matches everything that our Constitution says, our Bill of Rights. It matches the Ten Commandments. I remember when I was a legislator, um, I was trying to get the uh, Ten Commandments in the schools. And uh, the Post-Dispatch wrote an editorial opposed to my bill to allow the Ten Commandments in the church, or in the schools. And in the in the editorial, they suggested we have a suggestion. How about the the uh, the uh, bill of uh, the bill of rights? You know, the first ten amendments to the Constitution. How about those ten? I'm thinking, oh, you support uh, the Second Amendment. You support the First Amendment, where it says you cannot prohibit the exercise of religion. Mm-hmm. You support that. I wrote the I wrote a letter to them. They never did respond to me. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Actually, having the Ten Commandments, I mean, that's obviously there, there are cases that are, are clear on that. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people would have a very different view on that to actually be putting, a, you know, certain religions, you know, precepts in, in, a, in a public school. But, you know, the, but the, the, the question is, what you're talking about really, what you're really talking about, you're talking about the free exercise of religion. And, um, and you're right, we, sh- we should be... The best way to practice your religion is just simply by example. I mean, you know, if you live a good Catholic life and you, you do, you know, people will follow the example. I mean, if you're really accepting and forgiving and gracious to everybody, you know, I mean, who can argue with that? Right. If you treat your brother as you, as you want yourself to be treated, uh, I think they would be, our country would be a much better place if we... Uh, had other, if we treat people like they were our blood brother, uh, our sister, uh, because we have, uh, as human beings, uh, we have a responsibility, you know, uh, speaking of responsibility, if we want freedom, we have to be responsible for that freedom, but we have to be responsible for being good Catholics and being a good Catholic means that Everyone's our brother and sister in Jesus Christ. I remember one time when I was at an abortion clinic with a Father Aronson who is now in heaven, God bless his soul, mm-hmm. uh, and we were sitting in, and uh, we had to get into the uh, abortion clinic, and they had a desk there where they checked names to see uh, uh, if you're supposed to be in the abortion clinic or not. And so Father Aronson and I went in there, and I said, I want to see my Sister Barbara, I don't remember the name anymore, but we'll say Barbara. And there was a Barbara on the list, so they let me in. So I was in the Father Aronson and I were in the abortion clinic counseling girls on what we wanted to help them and make their decision uh, to save the life of their unborn child and so on and so forth. And eventually, of course, we got arrested and were put in jail. And Father Aronson said to me in the paddy wagon, he said, Richard, was your sister there? You had a sister there? And she, well, she was my sister in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, and, you and the priest just having a little conversation in the paddy wagon. In the paddy in wagon. The paddy, okay, well, like, well, maybe we shouldn't be having you as our guest. You're getting people in trouble. Uh, this is uh, St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, I am Ray Gerard. Uh, and with me today is our special guest, Mr. Rich Christmas. So, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Again, today, and we are talking about 
basically being a patriotic American and, and being a, a Catholic. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I always kind of thought that there was something that, you know, that, that went together, something about being Catholic and something about being American that kind of went together. But I don't, I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I didn't really understand. I just, I just thought somehow they, they seemed right together. And then when I got older, uh, I began to realize and understand, you know, what that feeling as a kid kind of related to. And, and now, you know, what I, what I understand and what makes perfect sense to me is that, you know, this is a country that, if nothing else, we re it really stands on the idea of freedom. Right? I, this beacon of freedom, we've got the, the Statue of Liberty in, uh, in the harbor of New York City to welcome people. If, if anything else, I think around the world, people who want to come here understand that this is a country that's built on freedom. And of course, what is one of the central tenets of the Catholic faith other than free will? And the idea of free will is, is under attack a lot. Uh, but we, you know, we, we believe that, you know, this is something that's given to us by God. That this is something that distinguishes us from animals. Uh, that we've got the ability to decide for ourselves. God wants the best for us, but we can decide for ourselves what we're going to do, what we're going to believe, you know, whether or not we're going to follow uh, certain ideas or not. Um, that's a huge, huge idea. And, you know, there's a lot of people right now who, who challenge that, you know, they'll, you know, and, and, and so to me, it's, it's funny though, that, you know, these, this, this really goes together. And I think this goes back to what you were talking about earlier is that, you know, this, this country, the bill of rights and the 10 commandments, they do kind of go together. It's this idea of, of freedom and, and free will. And, you know, we're one of the religions that kind of stand alone for really maintaining, you know, the, the, the inviolable, you know, uh, element, uh, you know, the, the free will. I mean, you, you really can't touch it. You can't impose, because if you touch it, if you abridge it, if you try to curtail it, well, now you do make committed an offense against God. Well, what's happening in this country today is free will is being breached and has been stopped. It's called stopping the freedom of speech. If you cannot uh, have freedom of speech, uh, you cannot ex exercise your free will in the proper uh, context. There's an old saying uh, about uh, freedom of speech by George Washington, and he said, uh, if you do not have freedom of speech, you might as well be like lambs being led to the slaughter. There's another saying, I'm sure you've heard it before, Ray, that uh, when uh, you have uh, speech curtailed, uh, we do not have the ability to really listen to other people's expressions and other people's opinions. Uh, they always say, an old, old saying is, whoever controls the language controls the conversation. And in today's world, we have so much Marxism and socialism being taught in our colleges, even our high schools. Now with the uh, situation with grade schools, we're even having some of that filtered in. Uh, 
Benjamin Franklin uh, once said that if you do not have speech, you do not have action. If you do not have action, you're not a person. Now, our Constitution says that we are persons, you know, and uh, actually uh, the uh, Dred Scott decision said that a segment of our of our of our, not, uh, our yeah, civilization right. are not persons. They're only right. three fifths human. Right. And we had to get. How did he come up with that kind of a number? <laughs> that's a, that sounds very scientific. I mean, it's just it's just ludicrous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. No, that's the that's the one the Supreme Court addressed Scott decision. I've read the Dred Scott decision. Yeah, and that's three, the number that they came up three, with. Yeah, and how yeah. do you do that? How, how, did, they, how did they come how up with that? How could you possibly? Yeah, well, it took crazy. The, it took the 12th, 13th, 14th Amendment and yeah. the Civil War. Yeah to correct that injustice. So uh, today we have freedom, but if we don't exercise the responsibility of freedom by allowing other people's opinions, you know, uh, mostly the left and academia and Hollywood, uh, they don't mind hearing your opinion as long as it's the same as their opinion. (laughs) If it's not part of their opinion, that you shouldn't be heard. So how do Catholics... um, you know, lead by example. In, in okay, we've got a climate now where okay, there's there's a lot of stuff on both sides. How how do Catholics live with this? I mean, does not this idea of free will go also along with this idea of agape love? I mean, if you have these ideas of freedom and you have these ideas of free will, you can look at it from the perspective of hey, I have this freedom, I have this free will, you know, and other people need to respect, you know what I want to do about certain things. But is not really the essence of living a good Christian life something that is embedded with, uh, you know, what, what we understand from Christ. What we understand from Christ is you give for other people. You sacrifice for other people. You are concerned more with other people than yourself. It's this whole idea of, of agape love. Real love is what you give to other people. So if you put those two together, then, you know, don't you, aren't you thinking about, well, okay, if I have this free will, these other people have free will. And that's what we really need to respect. And no matter how much we might disagree with somebody, no matter how much, you know, we, you know, uh, you know, we, we would like to perhaps, you know, deny them the ability to, to speak freely. Isn't it really, you know, to live a good Catholic life, to, to just respect that and honor yeah, you're, you're, as you were talking about example, you know, if you're if you're a married couple who have been blessed with children, your first responsibility is to take care, of, make sure those children get to heaven, and you show them by example. So if you love your children enough to show them an example to get them to heaven, I always say that um, my first gift that my mom ever gave me was life. The most important gift she ever gave me was my Catholic religion. So as, fam- as, as, as parents, we need to show example to our children. If we show example to our children, they will uh, be better people, and they will show example to others as well as, as when, we're, when we're not with our children, when, as, as I am now, you know, my, my children are all grown now. Uh, but, uh, but I can still show example uh, to others, and one of the ways you show example to others is to love them. You know, you can love people 
without hugging and kissing and things like that, you can help, you can open a door for our lady. Um, heavens, I hope you don't get in trouble by opening a door for a man, but you can show courtesy. You can be, you can be a kind person. Uh, when somebody asks you something, uh, if you know the answer, you willingly give it to them, and you'll go even further. You say, well, okay, you want to know where the uh, grocery store is from five miles away, and, and you've never been in this town. You not only, you can actually, if you really have the time, you can take them, drive them, and say, okay, you follow me, and I'll show you where it is. You know, you can go further. There's all kinds of examples of you stretching your courtesy to others, your love of others. And that's a great example of showing your Christian, your Catholic faith. Yeah. And you mentioned the importance of children. And I mean, we can talk about, you know, leading by example to other people we don't know. But as you said, you know, your first responsibility is to the people you do know very well, your own children. And you, I guess, really valued that in terms of, you know, uh, how your mother, you know, raised you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, yeah, my mom, like I said, my, my father left us when uh, the when my, my brother Mike was still in the womb and my mom had cancer and he uh, left us and my mom couldn't take care of us because uh, the priest at St. Edward's Church said, you can't be living with your uncles. You can't have your children living with all your uncles because they were all living in the same house. And so... It was suggested we go to St. Vincent's Home for Children, where we spent three and a half years. Oh, wow. She got out with a little cancer. She actually had cancer again later, you know, in the 70s. And then, but uh, she survived both. Matter of fact, she didn't pass away until she was like 93 years old. Really? But a uh, wonderful woman. But she really showed how important the Catholic faith was. Uh, saying the rosary every night, we had a statue of Lady of Fatima, and inside the statue, big statue, was this great big rosary, and we each had our turn that night to hold the rosary. Was that a, was that a big thing when you got your turn? That was major. I couldn't wait for my turn. Uh, <laughs> Catholics, I think today, uh, really need to study Mary more. Mary is such a conduit to Christ, you know, uh, Back in the uh, 1700s, 1800s, when they had kings back in England, uh, if the peasant wanted to uh, give the king some wine or fruit or food or things like that as a gift to the king, they would present it to the queen, and the queen would know how to present it to the... they put it on a golden tray or a silver tray or a golden goblet. So the, the, the queen would know how to present the gifts to the king. That's what Mary does for us. She knows how to present our love to Jesus, you know. Of course, yeah, we can go directly to Jesus, but why not use the wonderful woman that God has given us? Yeah, oh, exactly. Mary. Exactly. I mean, that is one of the true blessings that we have uh, in the Catholic Church is to have this mother who, you know, loves all of us and is there to intercede for all of us with her son. You know, I mean, what? I mean, people have lawyers. You're, you're studying law now. I'm a lawyer. P- you know, people have representatives. I mean, countries have ambassadors to other countries. Uh, you know, we all have people who speak on our behalf, and sometimes they can do a much better job than we can ourselves. And uh, and what better person to have than than Mary? Uh, so we're here today. This is Saint Joseph Radio presents, and we're talking about being a Catholic, being a good Catholic, and being a good patriotic American. So with us. Today is my special guest, Mr. Uh, Rich Chrismer, 
And I am your program host, Ray Gerard. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please to stay with us and join us. about our Catholic faith, Colby Academy has the solution, offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable. Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for men maximum flexibility, and home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record-keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call, area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. So welcome back. Uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. Uh, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. And with me today uh, is my is my uh, my special guest, Mr. Richard Krismer. And we're talking about being uh, being a faithful Catholic and being a patriotic American and how those go together uh, as we're about to celebrate the 4th of July. Now, before we uh, re-engage with, with Rich, uh, a couple of little announcements. Uh, first, uh, this Friday, uh, July 9th, at uh, St. Peter's Church in St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, they're sponsoring a foster adoption trivia night, the foster adoption, the foster adoption uh, support team. And uh, you can, da, 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 da. let's see, how can you uh, contact these folks? But anyways, I'm sure if you just contact the church, uh, person in charge of this uh, is Catherine Hamilton. Uh, her email is cat, K-A-T, at, uh, dot Hamilton at A-T-T dot net sure you could uh, email her uh, if you want to attend that event. I believe tickets are $35 per person, and it would help, as they say, support uh, the uh, foster adoption support team and their program. Also, we want to uh, put a plug in for this, the Catholic Woman of the Year Award. Uh, we don't only honor our Catholic men with the Catholic Men of the Year Award every year. We also uh, um, take cognizance and recognize Catholic women. And so St. Joseph, uh, St. Joseph Radio is going to have a Catholic uh, Woman of the Year uh, dinner and award again this year. And we need uh, applications submitted by September 1. So that's, that's only, you know, two months, less than two months to basically decide, make sure that the, the person you want to nominate uh, is, is okay with that. And then get the nominations in by September 1. You can call us here at 636 447 6,000, 
or go uh, go on our, our website, um, you know, for St. Joseph, uh, St. Joseph Radio. So anyways, uh, just a couple of uh, a couple of announcements. And now let's uh, want to get back to our discussion with uh, with Rich Krismer. And Rich, before the break, we were talking about how your mother helped in, instill in you the beauty of the Catholic faith. And I guess you're trying to do the same with your children, which is a beautiful thing. It was, uh, it was amazing to me. The, the woman I married uh, was going to be a Dominican sister up in uh, uh, Spark Hill, New York. Oh, really? She went to St. Mark's uh, all-girls uh, high school, and she wanted to become a Dominican nun. And she uh, actually had her dowry and everything packaged up, ready to go on the train at Union Station. And then she met you? No, <laughs> How did no, this work? <laughs> no, that, that didn't happen. But she decided maybe I ought to wait a year. So she gave everything she had to another girl who was going to Spark Hill, who didn't oh, really? have very much at all. Oh, really? At the same time, uh, I was considering being an oblate of Mary Immaculate, a uh, missionary priest. Oh, really? Yeah, Calcutta, Missouri is where their, uh, uh-huh. their uh, seminary is. And that didn't work out. I don't think they thought I had what it took to be a priest. And so that didn't work out. But as it is, uh, uh, two of our four children, the, the, what my uh, youngest daughter is a Dominican uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee, Sister Peter Marie. Really? And my son is Father uh, Mark Christmer, who is an Archdiocese priest, who, as a matter of fact, uh, um, he's the, uh, the, uh, uh, the priest that takes care of the sister down in uh, the chaplain down in Nashville, Tennessee, all 305 of them. Uh, so he's down there for a special assignment from the archbishop. Uh, he's into his second so, year of that. So, so he the, must have done something right. Well, I think, <laughs> actually, um, I must give my mom an awful lot of credit because she taught me the importance of, I, I'm, I'm a, my son's a Marian priest, and, uh, and he'll uh, gladly tell you that. Uh, supports uh, strong uh, issues with Our Our Lady, and I've loved Our Lady uh, all my life, and I think that comes from my mom, uh, and I really appreciate that. And so I, I, I look to her intercession, you know, and uh, I really believe that uh, uh, she's someone that you can always, you know, you can count on. Uh, uh, to be there. She was there with her son all the way through the crucifixion, and she's with us if we want her to be by us all the time. You know, we all have a guardian angel. I truly believe Mary's there whenever I need her. Uh, that may be, that's my own personal opinion, but I, I have a strong Catholic faith. I love, I I remember when I was a state rep, uh, uh, Archbishop Regal, he was Archbishop at the time in St. Louis, and he had just come to St. Louis, and he came up to Jefferson City to meet all the legislature. And I went over to him, and uh, he said, uh, how are you? And I said, uh, I knelt down and kissed his ring. He says, oh, you're a Catholic? He said, oh, no, I'm not a Catholic. I'm a Roman Catholic. <laughs> and he said, you're a Roman Catholic. Well, what's the difference? I said, well, Ted Kennedy's a Catholic. I'm a well, Roman oh, Catholic. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, well, so anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, so you're proud of your, your Catholic faith, obviously, yeah. Absolutely. Matter of fact, when I was 13 or 14, I forget, it was while year, many years ago, I'm 75 now, but many years ago, uh, someone told me when I was discussing our Catholic faith, you're real apologetic for 
the Catholic faith. And I said, I don't apologize to any <laughs> about my faith. At that time, I didn't know what apologetic meant. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we can, you know, we can talk about, you know, somebody, you know, like one of the Kennedys, or we can talk about this, or we can talk, you know, I, I mean, the fact that, I mean, there are, you know, wherever you are on the, on the political scale, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's good Catholics everywhere. Now, you know, we, you can get to certain social issues and there, there are truths in the Catholic faith that, you know, cannot really be denied. You know, Bishop Barron recently wrote a, wrote a piece, um, which, which I read where he was talking about the fact that, you know, he was brought up in a very staunchly democratic family. And he said uh, that his, his, they were very devout and very democratic. And he said, uh, you know, if uh, my father would sooner turn Lutheran than vote Republican, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, but still, you know, you know, Father Bar- Father Barron, or excuse me, Bishop Barron, uh, in, in this article was writing how important it was to be pro-life, just as you have taken so many stances and, and put yourself, you know, on the line, gotten arrested and so forth to stand up for that important, important, you know, Catholic principle. And so, you know, yeah, we can disagree you know, on this or that, um, from, you know, from in terms of politics and so forth. But really the important thing is what joins us as, as Catholics. And what joins us as Catholics joins everybody, right? I mean, there is, there is one Christ. He is, um, you know, he is the God for, he is God for all of us. You know, some of us in the community may not, may not agree, but that's okay. Because why? Because they have that free will just like we do, you know, and if we just, all we need to do is live by example and we go ahead and love everybody like you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I wasn't trying to interject a, a politics into the conversation. It's just that it actually happened uh, because I was raised Catholic and Democrat. I have uncles, they're all passed away now, but I had some live in St. Charles County uh, for years when I was an elected official. They never, ever, they loved me but they never ever voted for me because I was a Republican, you know? So, uh, yeah, party politics is, is something that I really would, you know, wouldn't fairly uh, like to discuss because uh, I've, I've lived it and I've had it and now I'm, I've moved on. But uh, uh, everyone does have free will. And, you know, we as Catholics learned very early in our catechism that uh, we pray for those who have a different opinion than uh, our Catholic faith. And I'm talking about uh, social issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray for them. If they, if they feel that way, uh, we're praying that maybe uh, through God's intercession, they'll change their, uh, their way of thinking. Um, abortion, of course, is one that I've lived for, uh, for as long. Well, I actually was pro-life. Uh, with an organization prior to Roe versus Wade in '72. Were you really? I was. Uh, I had a, a part of an organization uh, uh, back in 1971 uh, that in the military, believe it or not, because I was still in the military until 1972. It was not a strong organization. We just discussed it. We were discussion groups, things like that, like-minded men, uh, both Catholic and Protestant. Uh, so uh, it, it, I, I've lived that my entire life, but uh, 
but I don't try to interject uh, whether a Democrat sure. or a Republican is right sure. or wrong, sure. because guess what? They're both right and they're both wrong sometimes. No, we all are. Right. No, we all are. Yeah, right. we all are. And the important thing, of course, is your relationship with God. That's really the only thing in the ultimate scheme of things. That's really the only thing that, that matters. So. But since, it's, since it is Independence Day coming up tomorrow, it's so important to remember that uh, uh, our founding fathers were very, very, very religious. And the Declaration of Independence is so well written. The Constitution is so well written. That had to be God's hand. Because uh, no country has ever survived uh, uh, freedom uh, for as long as we've had true freedom. That means that the, uh, we're a republic. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. We are a, a government of people that are representative government. Uh, because uh, it's by the people, for the people. You know, you know, Thomas Jefferson was very clear. This is a people's government. Mm -hmm. The government is there to protect us. The government is there to, to maintain order. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of that right now uh, in parts of the country where uh, disorder seems to be the name of the game. Uh, but there are so many people that pray for this country. And if they pray for this country, they are patriotic. I was telling you during the break uh, how important the American flag is to me. Uh, uh, I, I call people who never serve in the military, and there's nothing wrong with not serving the military. I'm glad a lot of people didn't have to serve in the military, but a lot of us did, uh, especially in the Second World War and the First War. There was a lot of volunteerism, especially the Second World War, the majority. Matter of fact, in Vietnam, 74% uh, of those who served in Vietnam were volunteers. I bet you most people didn't I even did know that. I did not know Only that. Only 26% were, were, were really uh, 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 had to join really? through the draft. But 74% of us were volunteers. And in the Second World War, it was probably 99%. But you learn to love your country so much, it's, it's, it's hard— uh, talking, uh, I know civilians love this country. I know that. I know how much you love this country. Uh, uh, people who are not, didn't serve in the military. But when you served in the military and you did offer your life for your country, there's a feeling that wells up inside you whenever you hear a patriotic song or you see the American flag. Uh, I could never disgrace the American flag Matter of fact, there was a store, I won't even mention the name of the store, but recently we had, a, had the flag at half-mast. And the store had a flag on top of the building, and the flag was at half-mast, but was hanging on the roof of the building. And I went in and told the manager, I said, could you please move that flag? And he thought I was upset about why it was at half-mast. I didn't care why it was half-mast. I cared that it was not properly displayed. Because if it touches the roof, it's the same as touching the ground. And you never let the American flag touch the ground. Right. Now, the, uh, a lot of people are not aware, many people are aware that at funerals, military funerals, we have a 21-gun salute. Well, most people do not know where the 21, where the number 21 came from. Before you were talking about the three-fifths, you know, where did the 21 come from? You know where it came from? No. 1776. That was the year that our country was born, 1776. If you had one in seven, you get eight. 
you add another 7, you get 15. You add another 6, you have 21. 1776, add 1 plus 7 plus 7 plus 6 equals 21. Is that that's where the 21 that's really where it comes from. from. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Wow, okay, okay. So what, is it, what does it mean to you? What do you, I mean, when you, you know, when you talk about this, this country, uh, I mean, what does this country mean to you? I mean, you're, you're over there, you're, you know, you're, you're fighting for this country. I mean, you're in the military, you're, you're, your life is at risk. I mean, what, is, what, what, are, what are those emotions? What does that evoke for you? First of all, the most important thing is you know you're serving your country. Your country has asked you to serve, or in my case and in many others, uh, we volunteered to serve our country. That's the most important thing. Where they sent you when you're in the military, you have no control. We know we were going to Vietnam, of course. Uh, in the Second World War, the guys didn't really know where in the world they were going to be sent to, whether it be in the Pacific or the European uh, uh, War. Uh, in Germany, uh, but uh, you know that where you're being sent, you were trained. That's one thing that's very, very important. I was, we, the military, does such a great job of training that I was over the first tour, I decided to come home, well, I decided to come home, I came home, and I preferred to go back over, so I volunteered two more times to serve my country. I learned my skill, I was in explosives. I learned my skill, and I wanted to use my skill to serve my country. Wherever the military wanted to send me, and of course we knew we were going to Vietnam, but I wanted to serve my country. I knew back home that uh, my family was worried about me. As a matter of fact, my mom went through such trauma in her life. Uh, her husband left her. She had cancer twice. She had an aneurysm. Uh, she had to put her children in an orphan home. How horrible that just must have been for a mother. Yet my daughter had a girl getting a college degree, and she asked my mom to, it was a psychology degree, to talk to my mom for her dissertation. And I was shocked that of all the things that my mom went through, she said the most devastating was her son going off to war? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is uh, St. Joseph Radio presents uh, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West, and uh, we're here talking with Rich Krismer about uh, living the life of a, a good, faithful Catholic, living by example to others, and also appreciating uh, what uh, what blessings we have in this country. And um, I should mention today that if you wanted to get a CD of this program or any of our other programs, uh, you simply call 636-447-6000. We will send it to you free of charge. There's no cost for the actual uh, uh, recording that we'll send. Uh, but uh, we will ask you to pay postage. Can't beat that. That's, you know, all you got to do is, is pay for postage. Um, anyways, um, so, uh, so Rich, uh, yeah, I mean, um, the idea of, of people... You know, I mean, to you, you know, volunteering as you did for military service and as you bring up so many other people volunteering for, for military service. And, of course, the, you know, the, the emotional pain that, that your mother suffered um, because, you know, knowing that her son was in harm's way, uh, you know, for this country. I mean, obviously this country, you know, meant a lot to you, to her, to so many other people who, you know, volunteered for the military, all these people who were in the military. 
I mean, it is, you know, we do have something special in this country. We do have something that we need to remember and, and respect and and consider ourselves, you know, fortunate, um, you know, as a, on account of it. And that's this, and I think that's what we were talking about before is, you know, we've all got the opportunity to do what we want to do. Um, and we've got, you know, so many material blessings and this country does the best it can to try to share those, you know, uh, with everybody here in the country. So, I mean, there's a, there is a lot to be thankful for. This, this, this country has given us such an opportunity because we, not only do we have free will, but we have liberty and we have freedom, but with liberty and freedom, uh, comes responsibility. There was a saying by, um, I can't remember who exactly said it, but they said, uh, I think it was Ben Franklin. He said, if you give away uh, for expediency a little bit of freedom for security, you don't deserve freedom or security. Yeah, or you're going to lose all of it. Oh, you're going to lose all of it. Yeah, yeah. eventually that'll, that'll happen. Um, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that, that's, that's certainly the case. Um, you know, and, uh, and so... Right now, so Rich, you said you, you're going to you, you're going to law school. So, you know what's what's ahead. You've got you know you've got a you've got children. You know a nun and a priest. Um, you know what occupies you now? Well, actually, I'm writing a book. You are. <laughs> yeah, I'm on chapter five, as a matter of fact, right now. I'm in uh, schools out for the summer. I didn't take any summer classes. I I'll go back to school in the fall. And I've always wanted to write, a, 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 well, I have about three books in my head. Um, actually, there's a fourth one sneaking in there, but I wish you would leave me alone <laughs> until I get the other three written. But I'm writing one right now. And actually, it's uh, uh, my, my journey uh, through uh, saving unborn children. And uh, oh. the things, the, uh, the experiences I had, the women I met, the, uh, the wonderful, wonderful people that I worked with. And the wonderful young ladies who, unfortunately, were given very, very, very bad advice, and I, I pray for them daily. But uh, this, um, this is the book that I'm writing right now, so uh, You're, I'm keeping a little busy. Okay. Yeah, it's, it sounds like going to school, writing a book at the same time. That sounds like it. Um, but it's, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's you know, you must, you must feel these these things very strongly to... You know, to devote as much time as you have to them, is God at the center of that? God is the center of everything. But my energy and my intellect. Uh, my mom had a tremendous memory, just t tremendous memory, and I think I may have get it from her. But then God gives us all of our gifts, so God gives me the energy to uh, to want to continue. You know. Uh, when I started out in politics, I wasn't really going to run for office or anything. I was helping another man run for office who was a very, very good Catholic man. And I thought, well, I'll help him. And then uh, he, uh, he actually moved to another house, which was out of his district. And so uh, and I went to his house to do some work for him. He said, well, I'm not in your district anymore, Rich. <laughs> I said, well, I don't mind. I want to help you because you're a good Catholic man. I want to help you. And he said, well, that position's open. And he said, well, I have, there's about three people who, uh, who are considering running uh, for the office. And I said, well, let me know uh, how it goes. You know, maybe I can support one of them. So about a month later, I brought a project back that he had me do. And I said, well, who am I going to support? He said, oh, Rich, you can't support any of them. <laughs> really? So 
But I was top of my head. I said, well, then I'll run. He said, you, you will? He said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me talk to my wife first. Oh, is that so real? actually, uh, I talked to my wife. We prayed about it. I actually talked to uh, 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 Linda Brown. Uh, I'm sorry. I uh, can't think of her name right. Her first name right. Uh, she's from American Life League. And uh, and uh, she told my wife, she said, please have him run. We need good Catholic men running for office. And so through a lot of prayer, we'd have considered it. And I, I ran and, and uh, won every race and uh, for, for eight years. And then after that, I was uh, looking around. I actually had lost my job uh, because of my pro-life activities. And so I didn't have a job. You and lost it because of that? Because of that, yeah. And uh, so a lobbyist actually called me up uh, between uh, being elected director of elections and that and said, we'd like you to lobby for us. And I said, oh, you really want me to lobby for you? Really? He said, yeah, it's $100,000 a year, Rich, and we know you don't have a job. I, I didn't know how they knew that, but yeah. it happened to be true. And he said, I said, what am I lobbying for? He said, a stem cell research. I said, do you know who you're talking to? And he said, oh, I guess you wouldn't want to lobby then. <laughs> I said, no, I don't. So I went on my merry way, and, yeah. and uh, God provided uh, another job for me, and then the election director of election position opened up and I thought, well, it didn't open up. I had to actually run against the, uh, the, the person who had the position at the time. And, but I won the election and, and, and won ever since and then retired at the age of 73. So I've been really in politics probably around 28 years. But when I was in pro-life, uh, I worked for what it was called at that time, Missouri Citizens for Life. Uh, it wasn't called uh, Missouri Right to Life. It was called Missouri Citizens for Life back then. And I was on the on, on the board, and I joined the Speakers Bureau. So I, I learned to speak about pro-life issues. I remember the first time I spoke on that issue, uh, I used cards, and I will never do that again because I looked down <laughs> the entire time. So I learned to read and learn about it. What God was doing, he was guiding me all this time. I, I, I can look back. He taught me how to speak to communicate with people that helped me as a legislator and right. helped me in further in life. So right. I can see how God has guided so, my entire life. Yeah. And when, and when you do have decisions that come up, you, you, you know, you, you pray to God about them, you keep God at the center Absolutely. and you know, no matter what we're involved with, uh, whatever, what's, what's going on, boy, that's a good principle, right? To pray to God, ask to help us through it. So we have, uh, We've been talking, uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm Ray Gerard. I've been joined today by Richard Krismer. We're talking about uh, trying to be a good Catholic and living by example. And uh, what there is to appreciate about this country and being a good patriotic American. And I really want to thank Rich for, for being with us and, and joining us uh, for that. So uh, it's been a pleasure, Rich. I, I really do thank you. And I wish everybody out there to en enjoy the 4th. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ. 
Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.